Welcome, Barbara. Hi, nice to have you back. It's been a while. It has. Notice my trend, I'm darker than you. <laughs> Did I say my trend? My tan. <laughs> trend. <laughs> I've been on the beach for a while. Trending. That's what's trending. Yeah, I want to know. Yeah, trending is what you talk. Tanning is what yeah, I can talk. Back to slightly gloomier things. Uh, so, well, you know, obviously there's still a lot of, um, obviously, Gaza and Israel in the headlines. Yeah. But, um, you know, on this, what's I think the fifth day of this fragile truce, and we know more um, hostages and more prisoners have been freed. But the story I'm going to focus on is Elon Musk, who's, who went off to Israel. And um, another trending hashtag that has now emerged from that is hashtag Elon go to Gaza, which is are people saying, yes, you're there meeting with Bibi. You know, you're there with Netanyahu, who's seeing things and being taken to the kibbutz where some of the hostages were grabbed and killed. But why aren't you coming to Gaza to see the impact of what is going on there? Um, which is a fair point. But Elon Musk, you know, and I, I, I was really trying to understand the root of Elon Musk's whole drama here with um, Netanyahu to go and try and sort out his backing a few weeks ago on X um, for a sort of conspiracy theory, which I genuinely do not understand. Yeah. But maybe you do, where he responded to a particular Twitter, Exa, who said Jewish communities have been pushing the exact kind of dialectical hatred against whites that they claim they want people to stop using against them. And then he said, you have the actual truth and so on and so forth. I really don't understand this whole theory, but and I'm not going to waste my brain cells on trying to understand it. But he obviously was at pains to say that he's not anti-Semitic. He's yeah. against, he's not anti-anything. And the fact of the matter is that there was a whole lot of dollars being pulled in terms of advertising oh, yes. from his platform afterwards. And I, sorry to sound so cynical, but at the end of the day, I know he's like, Mr. I'm a humanitarian. I'm going to bring peace to the world. That's all I want. But does he show that in his actions? I think if there's one thing that we can absolutely decide and I I think I preferred a little early on in this particular war that they cannot control the mar the narrative uh, that it's going to come back to bite them and I think now into this war the latter part of this war that's confirmed yeah they can't confirm they can't, can't control, control the narrative, narrative and young people are anti the Israeli position yes. and the IDF's propaganda yes. machine has been exposed for what it it's, is and it's not doing a great job it was there in 2014, but social media wasn't as, as active. active as it is today. They've lost the propaganda war. They'll win they the have, other war. They have. But that is bad for Israel. It is bad And for it's Israel. this right-wing government that is Absolutely. causing views on Israel. You know, kind of views that are reasonably centered to change. Yes, yes. And... The fallout of that, you know, in the world, that continued, which we always talk about, that polarization, the likes of which yeah. I have never seen, and the rise in Islamophobia, the rise in anti-Semitism, the actions we've seen, these terrible killings of people, these three young men that were shot um, the other day, the other, the, on, and on, on all fronts, this is happening. I, and I can tell you because of that. The younger generation are taking a view which I'm so excited about, and that view is pro the law, international law, yeah, exactly. and I think that is the middle ground. It is, the, it is, and it does say that these old people that have kept us locked into wars throughout the previous century, uh, it is not going to be a century for them, and I think that's good. Yeah, yeah. So, and I don't think Elon can do anything about it. No. He can set his algorithms to favor Israel. Bizarre. 
But there are other media that young Mm. people are at. They're not there necessarily. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's interesting. I think it's so fascinating how things have shifted in about 10 years. Yeah, and then went, went on, on after in this Israel visit and said, trot as it may sound, I wish for world peace. That's what he said. Okay. Okay, the next story is starting to go viral on all sorts of different media sites. I mean, if you follow Google Trends, Google News Trends, and... It really caught my eye, and we're going to play a little bit of audio, and this is a car chase, and I'll explain it. We just want to get a bit of color here for people to listen to. It's got like a minor trend stuff. Still going, just blew the stop sign of thumb. To our cops chasing what turns out to be a 12-year-old kid who stole a forklift truck that was parked outside a school. The, it was at night. The keys were in, hidden in the cabin. I think Americans do this. Like, we all lock our cars, don't we? Yeah, they don't. <laughs> we have to. Yeah. But in, in movies, I always notice how, like, I don't know if they still do, but you know Americans, I'll like, leave the keys in the ignition and get out their car. Have yeah. you seen? I've yeah, seen yeah. any movies, and I always go, "What world are you living in?" Anyway, this kid, this boy, he's twelve years old. He managed to find the key. It was, and he stole the forklift truck, and he drove around for an hour, being chased by these cops in Michigan. And um, he apparently comes from Ann Arbor. He was finally stopped and taken into custody at about eight p.m. at night. But I have to say that um, he drove the forklift without any lights on. The police officers. You know, kept trying to, you know, they were, they were calling over their loudspeakers for him to pull over, but he just kept going. Apparently he was going at 15 to 20 miles per hour. Um, can't convert that immediately into kilometers. I'm sure someone else can. Um, they had the emergency lights and sirens on and he just kept on going. He did strike about 10 parked cars, but generally in a forklift truck of that size, 12 years old, did a very good job. I was like quite amazed. People were writing on social media. Yes, he's a good driver. I just don't, it's just such a great video, not a great video, but it's just so in, in, intriguing to see this this youngster driving this um, truck so so well. I mean, I definitely wouldn't be able to do that. So I just thought that was a story that completely blase about all these cleaning silence. Seems to be, and carried on going. I mean, I don't know what he thought was going to happen. I mean, it's a good thing they didn't shoot him. <laughs> I was going to say something related. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, exactly, I suppose. But maybe they didn't even know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I actually don't know how they managed to get him to pull over in the end. But there's long videos of it online. There's a one that's 30 minutes long. You can literally watch the whole car chase. Yeah. If that's your bag. No, that's not my bag. But thank you. I'll take, I'll take it from you. <laughs> take it from me. You've watched it. The <laughs> final story is just, it was just one article that I saw on The Independent, but it comes off a TikTok video that did get lots and lots of traction. And it just made me think. Mm. What would you do if you were staying in a in a holiday accommodation like an Airbnb and you discovered that there was a surveillance camera somewhere in that room or in those rooms? I mean, I would be horrified. And that's what happened to this particular person who has taken to TikTok to talk about it. He says he was staying in an Airbnb. His name's Ian Timbrell. And he says he found a camera tucked between two sofa cushions in the flat where he had booked a room via Airbnb. And he posted on X and and I think also on TikTok. And he said, 
Okay, normal or weird? My Airbnb is a cam watching the whole living room. Am I wrong to have unplugged it? Seems like a huge invasion of privacy to me. And then there are other stories being shared on this about other people who've been on honeymoons in various places, like in Malaysia. This couple says that there was a hidden camera in the Airbnb that they stayed in, pointed towards the bed. Okay, even more scary. Um, and other stories like that. What but would you do? It's your house. It's a five million rand house and there's different people in there every day. I understand. And I'm saying I get that from that perspective. Then I would say, and maybe I'm wrong, I would say you have to state that that is the case. Surely then there has to be a very clear statement in the, in the, in the accommodation or even on the site and say you will be under surveillance. You cannot do this without telling people. Surely that is completely not legal. Yeah. I guess I'll have it in the entertainment areas because that's where the glasses break. But it is an interesting dichotomy because on the one hand, you can understand people who want to kind of keep an eye on their properties. They're renting out to all these people who could actually trash your place. But on the other hand, it is not okay to actually invade people's privacy and, and surveil them. I don't understand the bedroom. Well, that, yeah, that was just one example. But this guy says he found, um, he found it in the living area. And uh, the question is, will you now go check when you now, we're all heading for season. A lot of people are going to stay in these accommodations. Are you going to go and check for a hidden camera? And then they gave, he gave some advice on where an expert gave some advice um, on a surveillance expert. He said, look for tiny holes, which is where the lens will be. Check common items like the back end of books, mirrors, light bulbs, house plants. Look in logical places. If someone was looking for information, they'd put a device in the lounge. If the person was a voyeur, they'd likely put a camera in the dressing room area. Um, bathroom, shower, bedroom. So I suppose it depends what you think they're after. If they just want to keep an eye on you. Sure. I don't know. I never thought about it. I've never looked for a camera anywhere I've stayed. Somebody says, hi, Clarence is an Airbnb owner. Let my guests, I let my guests know uh, that CCTV are in operation, common areas only, but definitely not in the bedrooms. Okay. And toilets, that's just sixes. And exactly. Toilets. But I think that his point is what I was alluding to is I think you have to then, not a thing, you have to declare. Yeah. And you can't be upset if you declare. And no, that's see, fine. And you see, I haven't done the dishes three days. Okay, yeah, that, that we're not going to complain about. But at least like, there's some sort of idea that you're kind of being watched. I don't know what I think about this, actually. It all feels like a big invasion of privacy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. But that's going to come with the territory. I suppose. You're going to want to protect your territory. Uh, your territory. Precious, your precious investment <laughs> as far as possible. Fascinating stuff. Trending on social media. And now we know what they're talking about there. We don't have to talk and be active ourselves. Thank you. Barbara Friedman, Barb's Wire, exclusive uh, to, what's the show called again? <laughs> Views and News, still 12.